The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is the Asian Madness Podcast a podcast where we discuss all things true crime, morbid, mysterious, and odd from the Asian continent. I am your host, Jessica. Hey everyone, it's me, the Asian Madness Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you're all well and doing the best you can, whatever that means to you. So as you know, I'm doing a few episodes where we go against the whole man-kills-woman thing, as in turning it around. In episode 103, we talked about a jealous young woman who just really wanted a man to herself. And in episode 104... We discussed abuse and three young women taking matters into their own hands. This episode is not going to be like the previous two, as in the perpetrator is, unfortunately, still a man. But the woman, in this case, fights really hard. Of course, fighting hard does not necessarily guarantee survival, but when certain circumstances work in your favor, you may end up seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I know this was a bit of a spoiler, as in, yes, the victim survives the attack, but everything else in between is also important. Their story, their relationship, his motive, his actions, and most importantly, how she managed to survive. This was not really a case suggestion, unless you count YouTube videos my dad sends me randomly as a suggestion. So I guess, shout out to my dad for enlightening me, because I'm kind of shocked I had not heard of this case before. A quick side commentary before we begin. I know many of you view true crime podcasts and shows as a form of entertainment. And I get it, because I am also a consumer. It's interesting to learn about these crimes, why people do what they do, and what they did. It can be very gutting and uncomfortable at times as well. But above all, remember that all these cases I present to you, perhaps even some of the urban legends, involve real people. I guess what I'm trying to say is, these cases do not exist purely as entertainment for us. 
there are so many people out there who have been affected by crimes of varying degrees. And if you could just take a minute to practice empathy, that would be lovely. Anyway, let's begin. As much as I want to start from the beginning, I unfortunately was not able to find a lot of background information on those involved in today's case. This doesn't really affect what you will learn today though, but just wanted to give you all a heads up. So who should we be focusing on? Meet An Che Kyung, a 53-year-old Korean-American man, and his wife, 42-year-old An Young Suk, also Korean-American. I will refer to them as Che and Young from now on. For most of his adulthood, Che was in the U.S. military, which lasted for some 30-odd years, and it was even said that he spent some time doing intelligence work for the military. His job required him to travel a lot, which was to allegedly collect information from other nations for the U.S. government. Don't know how true that is, but it does indicate that this man was probably quite smart, or at least knew how to handle tricky and potentially dangerous situations. I mentioned earlier that I was shocked I had never heard of this case before. Why is that? Well, this case took place in the state I currently live in, in a city like an hour away from me. So the couple lived in the city called Lacey, which is located about an hour's drive from the city of Seattle. It's a generally pleasant place to live in, with a population of about 55,000 people. It is said to be a good school district, has a lot of natural environment and hiking spots, and also known as a very green community. So back to the Ann family. For a while, they seemed like your average Korean-American family. Mom, dad, one son who was 11 at the time, and one daughter who was 20 at the time of the crime. Mom took the kids to church every Sundays. Not sure if dad went though. Unfortunately, things were not so great when you look just a little bit closer. Around mid-2022, Young filed for divorce slash separation from her husband, Che. Culturally and personally speaking, I don't really know many Asian couples, especially those from previous generations, to be divorced. Most of my Asian friends' parents are still together. But of course, that's not an indication of a happy marriage. It's probably more of a cultural thing, where you don't want to rock the family boat, and traditional family values still play a large role in society. Although I do admit divorce rates have probably gone up over the years, especially so for those in our generation, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because if the marriage has deteriorated and gone to shit, why would you want to stay married and be unhappy? And that's exactly what happened to this couple. According to past reports, it was said that Che had a mean streak at times and had a tendency to get physically and emotionally abusive towards his wife. You hear often how difficult it is for domestic violence victims to recognize their situation and get help for themselves. And while it isn't clear how long he had been violent towards her, she did end up filing a protection order against Che at some point. I guess this wasn't enough, because they eventually agreed to divorce-slash-separate in 2022. Although Che most likely was not thrilled. But as we know, 
Divorce is not something that happens overnight. For couples who share assets and children, this process can take months or even longer if they cannot agree on what to give and take. Che was seemingly displeased with the separation slash divorce, but he agreed to move out of the home they shared, but was still allowed to visit once a week. You would think it was to go see his kids, but apparently he also wanted to use the washer and dryer. Wherever he moved to, he clearly did not have these luxury amenities. While the couple were separated, they continued to negotiate the terms of their divorce. For Young, she wanted to receive alimony as well as child support, as they had two children and one of them was only 11. She would also be fighting for full custody, which is pretty much expected as she has always been more involved. This really bothered Che. It seemed like he was less upset about not having his kids full-time, but more upset that he had to hand over his hard-earned money because he didn't think she deserved any of it. Never mind that he was abusive or that she needed to care for their kids. It was his money that he got from his job, so why should he have to share any of it? The two fought constantly despite not seeing each other often, which of course led to more resentment, especially from Che. The date was October 16, 2022, Sunday. Young had taken both her kids along with her to church that morning, and around 1 p.m., they arrived home and saw that Che's car was parked outside their house. As I stated previously, it's not exactly surprising to see Che at their home, as he still had belongings there and he was allowed to use the washer and dryer. But to Young, she knew that an argument was bound to start in no time. So like a caring mother, she handed her car keys over to her daughter, asking her to take her brother out for some light shopping. The kids have probably been around when the couple fought, so they knew what their mother was hinting at. Without a word, the older sister took her younger brother and drove away. With her kids gone, Young entered the house, preparing herself to talk more about their divorce settlement, and of course, preparing herself for a fight that will surely come. The argument began almost immediately, and it didn't matter what Young said to Che, he refused to acknowledge and accept anything that wasn't on his terms. Things got so bad he began to threaten her, not for the first time either, stating that he would rather see her dead than give her any of his money. It's honestly kind of sad that some divorces lead to this level of resentment. Two people who once probably loved each other are now enemies, spouting hateful words and even threatening each other's lives. But this happens more often than we think, so I'm sure no one is super surprised and if anything, we're kind of desensitized. With this sort of threat, Young began to feel uncomfortable, so she asked Che to please leave, hoping to stop things from getting out of hand. Young was not happy about his threats, but like I mentioned, this wasn't the first time either. These kind of threats did make her uncomfortable, but she believed just that, that there were simply words. You know how it is. We throw words around like that sometimes as well. To friends, we might say, if you do this, I will kill you. But more often than not, we are joking. It's also done in a lighthearted manner and situation, so we don't really fear for our lives. 
But knowing Che and Young's circumstances, Young was probably a bit more worried. But she was married to this man for like 20 some years. He couldn't possibly be a killer, right? After asking him to leave her house, Young proceeded to head upstairs to change into more comfortable clothes. What she didn't realize was that Che had not left and had instead followed her up to her room, the room they used to share. As soon as she realized, she turned to him, only to be met with his fist in her face. Che then proceeded to shove her down to the ground, beat her a few more times, definitely injuring her enough so that she wasn't able to run away or fight back. After incapacitating her, Che grabbed a roll of duct tape, then used the tape to tie her up and cover her eyes, mouth, and her nose. Clearly, he had something in mind, and it seemed like it was leading to murder. After tying her up, Young heard Che's footsteps walking away, and she struggled against her restraints but was unable to get out of them. What would you do in this scenario? As Young struggled with her bindings, she realized her Apple Watch was still on her wrist, and either she had a preset function or it was a happy accident, she managed to send out emergency alerts to her trusted contacts, which included her daughter and her best friend. Apparently, there's also a function to call emergency services from your watch, and that's exactly what she did. Luckily, I have never been in a situation where I've had to use these functions, so I can't even tell you how all this works. But maybe after this episode, it might be a good idea to figure that out. You know, just in case. So she managed to call 911, but her mouth was all taped up. How would she communicate? I believe 911 operators have enough common sense to know when someone sounds like they're in distress. And even if they can't be sure, they may still send someone over just to confirm. I don't usually play clips in my episodes, but I believe this audio clip will paint a better picture as to how the call went. 911, what are you reporting? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? What's going on there? Okay, I'm going to get help started to you. Hold on for me for just a second. Do you know the address that you're at, if I said it? Are you at... Hold on, I'm going to get help started for you, okay? The short silence you heard in the end was basically the 911 operator confirming her address, so it's been clipped out for the sake of privacy. The 911 operator was definitely concerned, so she assured Young that she would stay on the line with her until help came, which I believe is a standard practice based on the many 911 calls I've heard over the years on podcasts. The operator immediately notified the police, and the unit in the nearby area was then dispatched to the residents. What a relief, right? Except not really. Not yet. Che soon returned to the bedroom and grabbed Young's arms, 
dragging her down the hallway, down the stairs, and into the attached garage. It was in the garage that he heard a strange sound coming from somewhere, like somebody was talking. And to his annoyance, he realized it was her Apple Watch, which was still connected to 911. In his rage, he grabbed her watch, threw it on the ground, and smashed it with a hammer from the toolbox. What he didn't know was that the hammer broke the screen, but the watch was still functional. The operator continued to stay on the line despite the silence on the other end. After making sure Young was lying on the ground and not doing anything else, he ran out of the garage, drove his car into the empty space, and threw her body into the back of his SUV. He quickly got back into his car and drove away, even passing the police vehicle tasked to check out the disturbance at Young's home. Really unfortunate. Almost like a comedy of errors. The CCTV footage camera from a neighbor's yard showed Che driving his car very fast and slightly erratically down their neighborhood street and passing by a police car. Normally, I would imagine the police turning their car around to chase down the speeding car, but they were asked to visit a specific house for a potentially violent situation. So in a sense, they had other priorities. Che managed to drive away with no problem with his soon-to-be ex-wife in his car, still tied up and quite injured. This episode of the Asian Madness Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I get it. Life is very stressful. There's relationships, friendship, work, finances. Basically anything can cause you worry. Sometimes it's not even a concrete situation or event. It can be a weird feeling. Emotions are hard to explain. And sometimes we wonder, are we being dramatic? Is it just me? I assure you, it's probably more common than you think. Whether you're feeling burnt out, or you're having difficulties with friends or family, or going through a tough divorce, like someone in this episode, therapy can help you on this journey we call life. There's a reason why more and more people seek out therapy, because whatever it is you're facing, therapy can be a meaningful and helpful tool. BetterHelp is a professional counseling platform where they can match you with a licensed professional therapist in just under 48 hours. This is done entirely online, which makes it accessible and flexible. Depending on your preference, you may choose to interact with therapists via messages, audio calls, or video calls. Commuting is a waste of time. Seeing therapists face-to-face can feel kind of suffocating as well, and it may be more difficult to talk, and to open up. All you need to do is go to their website, fill out a brief questionnaire, and you will get matched with a licensed professional. If you feel like your therapist isn't a great match, they will help you switch to a more compatible therapist at no additional charge. I know this because I've done this. Therapy can be a helpful life tool, and you just might be surprised at what you will learn about yourself. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com am today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash am. Around five minutes after Che tried to destroy the Apple Watch, 
the operator finally heard sounds coming from the other end again. The police had arrived at their home, but it was a little late. There were obvious signs of a struggle in the home, and the garage door was wide open, which probably wasn't common if no one was home. As they made their way into the garage, they found the Apple Watch belonging to Young, still connected to the 911 operator. On the watch, there were traces of hair and blood, and after a quick search of the address, they realized there were multiple reports of domestic violence made from this home, including a protection order, which had been oddly rescinded not long ago. With nothing to go on at the moment, police made their rounds to the neighbors, asking for CCTV camera footage that showed the streets. That's when they realized that the erratic car they passed earlier was that of the suspect, and most probably, with the victim inside. What a revelation. Can't imagine how they felt at the time. I don't think it's their fault, because how could they have known? At around this time, Che's kids and best friend, who both had received the emergency alert, arrived at the residence. The best friend told police what she knew, citing several instances of domestic abuse and threats of, quote, taking her down with him, unquote. More units were called in, and in no time a large-scale police search began in the city of Lacey, and an alert was sent out to everyone with photos of Che, Young, and his vehicle, a 2006 Blue Dodge SUV, labeling it as a kidnapping and a missing endangered person situation. Can't say if Che thought this all through. Being an ex-military man with rage issues, I'm sure he had some ideas to how to dispose of her body and whatnot. But too bad for him, the police were already aware of an ongoing crime, so even if he did manage to quickly get rid of her body, he would probably end up as the main suspect, or a fugitive, if he decided to run. Che continued to drive south towards the wooded area in the city, probably hoping to find a good place to dispose of her body. But as we know, Young was still alive, though she was weakened. She still had tape covering her eyes, nose, and mouth, which made it difficult to breathe or know what was going on. So as time went on, she could feel herself getting weaker and more lightheaded. She had no idea where she was headed, but soon after, the car stopped, and Che dragged her out of the car down a deserted, wooded path. Even though she couldn't see what was happening, she could distinctly hear the sound of someone, most likely Che, shoveling dirt on the ground. That's when she realized what he was going to do to her. He was going to bury her here. She continued to struggle and after a while, she realized that the shoveling sounds had stopped, and instead heard her husband's footsteps approaching her. She suddenly felt a sharp pain in her chest, not once, but several times, and then the tape on her mouth was removed. Before she was able to speak or scream, Che shot some kind of pill down her throat and forced her to swallow it. He covered her mouth again with the tape and was then dragged away, and without warning, he kicked her, and down she fell into this hole he had dug for her. It wasn't a very deep hole at all, which I'm guessing is because he knew he didn't have much time. He began to shovel dirt into the hole, covering her in this grave he dug for her. Young was desperate, continued to struggle, and, miraculously, there was a weird gap somewhere near her head where there wasn't any dirt. 
and she was able to turn towards it and breathe a little better. Soon she had been completely buried, and because it was quite shallow, she heard Chit stomp around above her, most likely trying to get the soil to settle and make sure it didn't look lumpy. Before leaving her to die in the hole, Che took a large branch, placed it on top of where he buried her, and left. Maybe he wanted to mark the spot, just in case he needed to come back and move her body. Or he wanted to add some weight to the spot to keep her nice and buried. I really think this is wild, but Young managed to stay alive underground for a few hours, even until after the sun went down. She didn't just lie there waiting to die, and even with several stab wounds to her chest and bruises on her face, she continued to struggle, trying to find ways to breathe and to loosen her tied ankles and wrists. After several hours of struggling, she managed to loosen the duct tape around her wrists. She loosened the dirt up, took off the pieces of tape covering her face, and noticed that it was already nighttime. She was afraid to fully dig her way out of her grave, though, because she was worried that Che was parked close by, watching, waiting to see if she's dead. And she was absolutely correct. She managed to dig her way out slowly, poking her head out a bit to see her surroundings. She saw a cart parked nearby with the headlights on, so she went back into the hole, lying still, hoping he wouldn't come and check on her. She stayed there for several more hours, playing the waiting game. It wasn't until sometime around midnight when she heard the car slowly pull away, and as soon as she saw the car leaving, she ran out of her grave, running down the opposite path the car went. I know, she's quite injured at this point, and as we have heard, the human body can be very resilient, and there's probably this thing called the adrenaline rush going through her. So our brains have this cool ability where it releases adrenaline into your body in threatening situations, which increases our ability to respond in threatening circumstances. People have said that they manage to ignore the pain and all that because the will to survive becomes a lot stronger. So Young ran and ran, and because the area was kind of rural, she ran for approximately 30 minutes something I could never do under normal circumstances. She finally saw a house, and of course, she ran up to the front door and began pounding, calling for help. This can be quite scary, because you have to be quite wary of somebody pounding on your door like that at 1am, especially someone who is bloodied, bruised, and covered in dirt. But if you're in Young's shoes, you really never know who's going to be on the other side of the door. But really... Could it be somebody worse than her stupid husband? Since this is real life and not some crappy horror movie, the couple that lived there opened the door and called the police for Young. Young stayed outside, hiding, until the police arrived. And once she confirmed they were indeed the police, she ran to them screaming for help, telling them that her husband is still somewhere out in these woods and was trying to kill her. The police could tell that this woman was quite injured and definitely suffered a traumatic episode. Who wouldn't be traumatized? Once medical responders helped Young out and got her settled, she recounted her terrifying tale to the police officers, starting from the relationship dynamics to what happened the previous day at their home. Despite his constant threats, Young admitted that she never expected him to actually try and kill her. In a sense, I get it. 
She's been married to this guy for so long, she probably thought that she knew him well enough. Sometimes people are irresponsible with their words, throwing around threats of divorce and harm. But actually doing something like this is like a whole other level of irresponsible and malicious. After Young was found in unstable condition, the news of her miraculous return probably was heard all around town. It's honestly great news, despite the circumstances. She had suffered a lot at the hands of this man, and if he had been more aggressive and meticulous about burying her, she very well could have suffocated and died in that grave. So the victim was found alive. Next steps would be to find the man that did this, because he was 100% a danger to society. The following morning, sometime after 7 a.m., a hiker in a nearby trail called the police, telling them that he was looking at a suspicious vehicle. It was indeed a 2006 Blue Dodge SUV, and the license plate also matched. The police arrived at the hiking area around 8 a.m. on October 17, and interestingly enough, it wasn't too far away from where Che had tried to bury his wife alive. They found Che just standing around, and he was taken into custody with no issue. It seemed like he had already heard the news of his wife's escape, and probably also knew that it was only a matter of time until he would be found. In a sense, he very likely just gave up, and being on the run was probably too much of a hassle. Thank goodness for that. I guess giving up is a good thing at times. Che was of course booked into the county jail, and after some quality time with the police, they were able to piece together an even better picture of what took place. They managed to narrow down where he tried to bury his wife, and soon after found a shallow grave filled with evidence, such as Young's hair, blood, and pieces of tape that had fragments of her Apple Watch on it. After more evidence collecting and quality time with the police, Che was charged with various different things, such as first-degree attempted murder, first-degree kidnapping, second-degree assault, harassment and threat to kill, etc. I mean, with attempted murder as a charge, everything else sort of pales in comparison. But of course, accuracy is still very important. Cannot let him get away with anything. His first hearing took place about a week after the murder attempt. And after being read his charges, he was asked how he pleads. This man had the audacity to say not guilty. That's really annoying. Technically speaking, people are supposed to be honest and truthful when they're in court. But for real, how many of these people are actually honest? There's so much evidence against him. A victim that's still alive, and he still was able to say not guilty. Maybe it was under the advice of his lawyer, sure, but still annoying. For his defense, his court-appointed public defense lawyer argued that Che's actions and outbursts could very well be a response to his traumatic past serving in the military. Due to this claim, he was scheduled to meet with a psychologist to determine the validity of this claim. Unfortunately for him, he was found to be of sound mind. Che's lawyer asked the court to grant him bail. He stated that Che had no prior criminal record which I would disagree with, considering the protection order and the history of domestic violence. He also pointed out that Che had served for the U.S. military for more than 30 years. He was still going for the mental health angle, and while I don't disagree it may have affected him, it doesn't really make him sound safer to be around, 
As for Young, she refused to show up for these hearings. The trauma, the fear of seeing him again, must have been intense. She instead wrote a victim impact statement that was read to the court, basically asking them to lock her husband away and not grant him bail. Quote, Please no bail. I am really afraid for my life. I just want to emphasize that I fear him so much and he will kill me again if he is out. Unquote. She also pointed out the fact that he worked in intelligence for the military. A fact to her would make him even more dangerous. The court heard both sides and they were like, Okay, no bail for you, sir. They wholeheartedly agreed with the victim, and seeing how traumatized and unwell she was emotionally, they didn't want to increase the chances of her dying, I guess. As per the prosecuting team, quote, the declaration of probable cause laid out a really horrific situation in which the defendant dug a grave, places his estranged wife in that grave, and told her he was going to kill her after he had finally attacked and kidnapped her from her home, unquote. As of now, it appears that Che is still locked away in the Thurston County Correction Center and has continuously been denied bail, which is wonderful news to everyone, especially to Young and her two kids. It must be very complicated for her kids because he is their father after all, but they must also know that their father tried to kill their mother and is a dangerous person. Most times, crimes end up affecting a larger group, such as family members and friends. No one wants to wake up and hear that their friend, sister, brother, or whatever has been murdered or kidnapped. Even if the victim is found safe and alive, imagine all the trauma they will have collected along the way. Family and friends will be so important to them, and they will need all the help and support they can get. Along with various therapy sessions and, in some other cases, prescribed medication. One interesting thing I want to mention is that Che has money. It's not like he's behind on payments and can't afford stuff. He's just a typical frugal middle-aged man who very likely wanted to feel safe with a full bank account. He's probably the type to yell at his kids for not turning off the lights at his house. Even after his arrest, he rejected hiring and paying for his own defense lawyer, despite the fact that he could have easily hired someone. This really reminds me of my dad, though, not because he's a killer, but because he's very frugal and likes to remind me that money doesn't grow in trees and that I should be saving money and not waste it. Another takeaway you might get from this case is that Apple watches are hella good. Obviously, Apple is not paying me to say this, but seriously, the Apple Watch has great functions that help alert the police and manage to survive a hammer attack. That's quite impressive for such a small gadget. But of course, while her Apple Watch was an ally in this case, it really was Young's instincts that kept her alive. Without the watch, the whole situation would have still taken place, and she would have been able to crawl out of the grave and get help anyway, I would say. Never underestimate our fight for survival, I guess. So there you have it. A quite terrifying tale of a man that tried to kill a woman. But of course, the stars aligned, she managed to fight her way out and survive. If Che had been more vicious, if he had stabbed her a few more times, if he would have made sure the dirt completely covered her up, maybe she would have just died in that grave 
and instead of her banging on someone's door at 1am, she would have been another missing persons case. Statistically speaking, your spouse is oftentimes the likeliest suspect if you're murdered. But how many of us actually get into a relationship expecting this? If you're involved with someone, please don't be like Che. If you have issues, need therapy, go get it. I would imagine somebody like Che finding therapy very emasculating or something, but it's never something to be ashamed of. You don't even have to tell anyone. By helping yourself, you end up helping others around you. It sounds kind of cliche, but it's true. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, this is my little passion project, spreading the word of lesser-known crimes to ears all around the world. Please stay safe out there. Till next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Asian Madness Podcast. If you enjoyed my content, please rate and review me on iTunes. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or email me at asianmadnesspod at gmail.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.